This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, he doesn't get all jealous when I hang out with the guys. It's Mitch Doyle. Good everybody. And he laughs at my dumb jokes when no one does. Del Roots. They're all dumb and I do laugh because I love you very much. And I uh, went with the Blink-182 lyrics that time because once again we have... Uh, <laughs> Our good friend John Sharkey the Third on, uh, former icon of the punk music scene, and it doesn't get former. more punk. Former, oh man, <laughs> punting me into the into the annals of history. Thanks. He's, he's negging you. Great. He's negging Mate, you straight off. I'm Damn. just going on what the Clock Cleaner Wikipedia page says. Yeah, it says I'm a big Blink 182 fan. Yes, yeah, it sure. does. I actually, I actually added that in between recordings. It said, "Oh, you son <laughs> of a bitch." Sharkey's, Sharkey's influences include Gigi Allen, The Clash, and Blink 182. <laughs> <laughs> well one out of three ain't bad <laughs> oh, man. um yeah so we are back to do another uh podcast uh if you've uh, if you haven't listened to them we uh, released a couple of days ago you'll be quite confused right now but you probably should listen to them in order i guess it'd be wild not to but yeah we've got john back on again and this time we're sort of going to delve a bit more into his past in, in in the punk music scene as well as sort of like some of his tales from his time both as a touring musician and as an American sports fan. Yeah. So, so um, this is far less rugby league. If you don't like it, we'll fuck you. This is our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, stro- no, fuck you. This is my podcast. <laughs> no, don't, this podcast no. hasn't stood the test of time. Oh. There's, a, there's at least 45 <laughs> seconds of rugby league content to come, but you have to listen yeah. to the whole thing to get it. <clears throat> yeah. Cumulatively, uh, 45, 45 seconds. Um, so... <laughs> So, I mean, there's lots of places that we could start, John, but um, I'd like to start with, um, and this was sent in as a question, but I'd like to just get get it in there now. It comes okay. from our good friend, Nick Campton, at Camper37 mm. on Twitter. It says, Shark, tell them about what you did to a rival band's merch stand when you were in Clock Cleaner. Uh, we're going to start with the big guns here. All right. Okay. So, uh, early on in Clock Cleaner, let me just explain this to you. Clock Cleaner, <laughs> <laughs> when I was... Uh, when I was a younger man, I was, you know, much like Philadelphia sports fans, as a Philadelphia musician, I had, you know, the chip on my shoulder. And, um, you know, the slightest indiscretion could really set me off when I was younger. But we played a show with this band called Bad Wizard at a small club in Philadelphia called the Kyber. And this was maybe our fourth or fifth show as a band. We were still kind of in our infancy. And I used to have a really bad right shoulder. So we were playing that night and I like strummed the guitar really hard and threw my right shoulder out, like wrecked it. I'm like on stage trying to fake through this song with my arm hanging like out of socket. I ended up kind of like Mel Gibson, you know, like lethal weaponing the the shoulder back in by like (laughs) running into the wall a little bit, like kind of, it was really bad, but my arm was fucked. So we finish the set. I go back upstairs and my coat I left in the green room where all the bands are hanging out. And the dude from Bad Wizard, the singer, uh, I think his name was Curtis. You know, he was a, a total douchebag. He had like, uh, you know, mustache and like, you know, they were like a kind of like a jokey rock band. You know, they thought themselves very seriously. <laughs> um, they're called fucking Bad Wizard, for Christ's sakes. I mean, like, listen to that name. It tells you everything you need to know about them. But I go back up and I'm looking for my coat and Curtis is sitting on it. And like I said, I was easily set off. So he's sitting on my coat. I'm like, 
Curtis, can I have my coat? He's like, how much are you guys getting paid tonight? I was like, uh, I don't care, Curtis. My arm is killing me. Just get up. Let me get my coat. We're getting $3,000. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, I don't care about this stuff. And then he pulls out a wad of cash and like waves it in my face. I, I mean, like, I don't even understand why any of this was happening, but it really kind of set me off on my arm. You know, usually when I was younger, if someone would have done something like this, it would have led to something other than what I'm going to tell you about. But I was in no position to be physical with anybody because my arm was totally fucked. So I finally like pried my coat with my good arm out from under him. He was obviously on some drugs, like looking back into it. So I go downstairs and I told my drummer about what happened. And he's like, what the, what? Let's go up there and fight. I'm like, Richie, I can't do anything. I can't fight anybody. Like my arm is, is totally destroyed. And then I was like, my coat was a trench coat. So I was wearing, you know, I had a pretty good shield on and it just hit me. I was like, <laughs> Richie, hold on, stand right here. Just stand right here by this door. And it was like the door to the upstairs where the green room was and also into the venue. It's like a little foyer area. It's like, stand right there and do not move. So I walked over to the merch table, which is unmanned because Bad Wizard had just got on stage. So they're playing and the merch person is out there, you know, like having a great time. And uh, so I had Richie stand there and I urinated all over all of their merchandise and in their <laughs> merch box. Like the big box full of shirts and all their records. Oh, like no Everything. Shit. Yeah. So, you know, it was like a tub, you know, if you're in like a band, a touring band, you put all your Ooh, stuff yeah. in, like a, in a plastic tub. I know. Yeah. Look, mm. I'm not, I'm not 100% proud of this. I'm story, proud of this. But, I'm very I'm proud, of it. I'm but, proud of it. But you know what? Fuck it. I was sticking up for myself. You know, you're not going to come into my town. This band was from Brooklyn. You're not going to come to me and insult me with how much money you're making. It's fuck you. So I went. I pissed all over their shit <laughs> and um, like, you know, zipped up and went about our business. Richie was like, my drummer, Richie was, he's just like jaw was on the floor while I was doing. Cause he's like, what are you going to do? I was like, just, just stand there. And I did it. And he's just like, Oh my God. I've never seen him more in awe of me. Like before I thought, I thought he didn't even like me. Honestly, I'll be real. I thought my, my drummer hated me up until this point. Like I said, we were very early um, into the band's career, but yeah. So we packed up our shit while they were playing. Like we, we did the other disrespectful thing, which is loading your gear out while the band is playing. Yes, That's another, that, that's a, that's a no, no, but we did it and we left and Richie, my drummer, like I said, he was so, like surprised and in awe of it. He told like everybody and it eventually got back to the club who then I was living with one of the people that worked at the club. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that, that caused a bit of an issue. I ended up having, to, well, he, the next time I went to the club, I was uh, forcefully ejected. We'll say from the club, mm. and uh, we were banned from playing the Kyber forever. So that was kind of the start of, where clock cleaners notoriety came from and like oh this is the band that pissed on blah 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 and then <laughs> vice magazine found out about it and they ran oh, a whole God. story about it yeah it was just like it totally i hate that that was our our jump off point because we did eventually i did eventually figure out how to write songs 
<laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's good. I that did. Out. It worked a couple years down the track. I did figure that part out, but this was um, was really the springboard for mm. for my musical career. Was urinating all over Bad Wizards merchandise. Did you ever see Bad Wizard again? And if so, how did that go? Well, the thing was, no, because they were they were like a, sort of a popular band, but I don't know. They never seemed to play Philadelphia or. I was on tour whenever like they were in town or whenever I was up in Brooklyn, nobody was around the story. Eventually after vice magazine wrote about it a couple years later, again, and like they did an interview with us. One of one of our, our, um, but the record I figured out how to write songs on came out. Um, and I got a MySpace, a fucking MySpace yeah, message from the wow. singer. Oh. I know. Yeah. This is 2007. I think. Yeah. 2006, seven. So the heyday of MySpace core. Um, so I got an email from the singer and it was just like, he was livid, laden with expletives. I'm like, dude, isn't this like eight years that, later? I'm like, no, it was like three years or okay. two or three years. I'm like, you know, this story, like you could, you've had all this time to like, come beat me up. Like you're going to, like you said in this MySpace message. So all I did was just, um, I just wrote back to him with my actual address. I was like, here it is. <laughs> Here's my, like, not like a P.O. box, nothing. Not Big like dick a, move. I was like, here is my house. This is Here's where I'm house. Let's <laughs> make it happen. Like, this is exactly where I live. When you get here, here's my phone number. Call me or send me a text message. And it's whatever you want. And then, no, and then nothing. <laughs> nothing. And, then, and yep. then a month later, you fled yeah. to Australia. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> then I met this wonderful girl in Texas. No. Uh, no, oh, and yeah, she so. beat the living shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> she, yes, did I say that she used to sing for Bad Wizard? No. Um, <laughs> but, um, I love when you recall stories from your youth, and it's the same thing when we were recalling the Nirvana story from earlier. It's like uh, the anger is drawn out. And you're just like yeah. reflecting back, like, oh well, I just kind of pissed on his stuff. Yeah. Looking back on it, I'm like, why was I even that mad? But I was like a dumbass kid. I was like, oh, yeah. you're not gonna, you're gonna disrespect me. Do I've played maybe four or five shows so yeah. far in this band, you know, like, so, so yeah. Where does Julian O'Neill rank on your favorite rugby league players list? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's the story with that dude? Again? The shoe shitter. <laughs> yeah. The shoe shitter. <laughs> okay. I mean, that, don't give me any ideas, guys. I it's mean, the opposite uh, of doing a shoey. It's, it's, yes, oh, it's the anti-shoey. It's the anti-shoey. So, yeah. So okay. those guys, like you pissed in their stuff. Were they so three thousand dollars? Will you reveal the amount you were making that made worth pissing in their stuff? Uh, <laughs> I think we made a hundred dollars that night. Hmm, okay, maybe. so that's why he was waving the three. He knew he knew you were making fuck all. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was trying to he was trying to big time me totally, hmm. and you know. Also, just for the record, have looked them up. You, your your description of of the band uh, visually. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, bang mate, on. Ba- bad yeah. Wizard don't have a Wikipedia page. So no, they don't. Don't even no. have a website. Yep. Sucks. Shit, Bad Wizard. Get out Sounds of like the band from Workaholics. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it very much does. Yeah. So but, uh, for us guys, I know you know we don't get to piss in other people's bags. We do love rubbing into the uh, small podcast communities, though. That we do rubbing in our Patreon money. We're like, hey, look yeah. at you. Look at you making no money. With our, our, our seventeen dollars. Well, look if. If any of those people want to email me, I will piss in any <laughs> of your merchandise boxes. Do you guys sell shirts? No. We do. We do. Kind of, yeah. it's oh, shit. Don't, don't piss where our, our merch store is because it's your computer. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you can go piss at Red <laughs> got me again. God damn it. Yeah. 
Uh, and that does feel Whoever like a good does. time to mention our uh, top tier Patreon subscribers, Jack Snape, Thor Lakoff, Jace G, please don't name me. Uh, Tom Hardy, <laughs> Bert Andrews, Jason, Wayne Ritchie, Simo Ali, Ty, Warwick Ahern, Roxanne Clark, Michael Murray, Carlo Tyson, Maddie McPherson, Dan Cullinane, and Dave. We love all of you and to the rest of our Patreons as well. Thank you all for your continued support of what we do. And as Mitch said, thank you for giving us the ability to wave virtual money at smaller <laughs> podcasts <laughs> without fear of retribution because they can't no. piss on us through the internet. Just yet. Not yet, though. It hasn't Not been yet. developed yet, no. So, Let me go, yeah. How um, was it difficult to keep track? Like obviously, you, do, you said you've said in the first podcast you love the Philly sports teams. How tough was it for you, especially like in the first couple of years before we had like smartphones and stuff of touring? Well, like, ha- was it hard for you to sort of like keep a- abreast of like what your teams were doing while you're on tour? Like, how how difficult was it to be a professional musician and also be a sports fan at the same time? It's not so bad in America. Like everything's pretty nationalized. Like any Eagles game I wanted to watch, I could you know sneak out like wake up on a sunday morning and go watch it wasn't so bad living here in 2008 when the phillies won the world series that was a little shitty yeah like after all these years of grinding it out Mm. with like Mm. bad team after bad the phillies (laughs) yeah i don't know if you guys know this they're the first like the worst baseball team ever Mm. like the first team to lose 10,000 games it's true oh wow so that's a lot yeah. of else. And yeah, and then yeah. yeah, and after all that, you were glued to one HD at 10 a.m. Yeah. on a Wednesday morning. Dude, or something. fucking the Tankerville Hotel <laughs> in, in Melbourne. Uh, I had to beg the bouncer to change the channel. It was like 11 o'clock because the, the game that they won yeah. was game five, which is rained out. They yeah, stopped yeah, yeah. the game in the middle of it. I'm like, what the fuck? This is going to happen again. They're going to blow this. I know they are. And then. Yeah, I had to beg the bouncer to put it on. I remember they won, and it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'm running up and down, like, Smith Street in yeah. Collingwood, like, just wasted. Like, <laughs> I, left, I left work it to is, go watch the game. <laughs> it is weird. Like, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch and I have been there as well. It's just weird when, like, your American sports team wins a Super Bowl or a World Series or something, and you're just, like, in Australia and, like, <laughs> no one around you knows why you're happy and you can't really explain it and you're really yeah. drunk and it's and like you're two really drunk <laughs> yep. and, totally and like <laughs> i went back to work i'm like guys the phillies won yeah. and, and it's like, like monday or two yeah. is wrong oh, yeah. when, the Ra- yeah. when the Ra- when the ravens won the super bowl it's like 2 p.m on a monday and i'm the drunkest yep. person in sydney and like a few <laughs> of my mates were there so it was good but like it was just like yeah, it's just like it's difficult. It's not the same as like being there or like being there for when your NRL team wins a grand final. I will say, I do. I, you, you mentioned Philly being terrible. The Philadelphia Athletics, of course, are famously the worst team in history. They have the record for the most losses in the professional, uh, in the modern uh, Major League Baseball era. They won 36 games and lost 117. They have the worst winning percentage of any team in any season. Holy shit! So, yeah, that was 1916. That was be- that was wow. before the that was before it went to. Um, they thankfully don't have the record for the most losses because the season wasn't 162 games and it was less, but uh, they do have the record yeah. for the worst winning percentage. So oh, it's okay. truly, truly terrible. That was, yeah. that was the, that was the athletics you said. Yeah. They were called the Philadelphia athletics. Yeah. And that team got wound up and they're different from Oakland, right? Yeah. No, no, it's no, a, no. They, it's it's the same, same team. team. They the moved same team. to Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, to nerd out on you, they moved to Kansas city for a few years yes. first yes. and then moved to Oakland. One oh, of the, uh, um, the one of my favorite one of my American favorite sports, sports mascots is uh, is the Oakland elephant. That's fucking awesome! Yeah. It's amazing. Mm. 
Yeah, one of my favorite things about American sports following from over here is just like your team can just get moved on you. Yes, like, yes. It's terrible, but it's like, <laughs> I love, I absolutely love that the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte are not the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're the, the New Pel- Orleans Pelicans the, are. The New Orleans yeah. Pelicans yeah. Are, the, are the Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets over there are the Bobcats. And now they're yeah. the Hornets again. The Browns as well? Yeah. yeah the Bra- no, but the Browns, the Browns were, yeah, they were the an expansion team. When, yeah. uh, when, when, when the Browns got moved to Baltimore, they kept the history in they kept the records yeah yeah which is yeah. good because i don't i don't need that time there's a there's a whole sp nation video about how cleveland the cleveland browns live in hell yeah it's super it's super underrated that baltimore baltimore got their team stolen from them and no one cares but then suddenly it's poor old browns when the, the ravens stole it back well, i mean like baltimore i feel has a lot more going for it oh. in that you know did i don't know other, would you say that would you say that they're on equal footing those two those two cities yeah, maybe. I mean, I lived – Philadelphia is like an hour and a half from Baltimore. I spent a lot of time yeah. there. It's a pretty a pretty grim town in certain mm. areas. Uh, Cleveland but, doesn't have neighborhoods that are as hot as they are. Like, if you watch The Wire, there's nothing like that in Cleveland. No. It's yeah, a bad but, – but, but, John, how good's the aquarium in Baltimore? It's a great aquarium. I remember – I mean, I haven't been there since I was like seven, but it was fucking good. I remember it being really – I went there in 2016. It's fantastic. It was yeah. like – we went there 10 minutes after I saw a man in a South Sydney Rabbitohs cap. <laughs> at a nearby restaurant they're fucking everywhere the fuck? we're everywhere <laughs> you motherfuckers are everywhere yeah it's i mean crazy. it's appropriate they are rabbits so yeah, yeah true yeah. Yeah. do you think um, the um the baltimore colts moved to indianapolis like yes. in like one night like eight yeah, in the middle of the night yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah they fuck, did a 30 yeah. for 30 on it it was about how the only thing that stayed behind was the marching band but there's a great <laughs> stat on this that the um baltimore's the only uh team to win the championship in both uh america and canada because for a couple of years before, when the Colts left, before the Ravens were a team, Baltimore participated in the Grey Cup and they yes, won it one year. they did. Oh. So, the Grey so Cup the, is a great, also a great trophy, just for the record. Is it as good as, this, is it as, good as Lord Stanley's Cup? It's, it's not as big, be. but it's a fairly similar kind of thing. Like, it's a massive, it's a hulking great trophy, if I remember correctly. How, when, I, I w- when I was in Canada, when I was in Canada, I remember the, the I think the Montreal Alouettes won the... Uh, the Grey Cup, and their it might have been like Molson or whatever their university is had won the the equivalent of like yeah. the college football. And we, my ex partner at the time and I, we were walking through the city, like just walking through the city. It's bucketing down snow, and in the back of this just station wagon, just out in the front of like Montreal Town Hall, is the CFL Cup and the Canadian Football Trophy, just like in the back of the thing with the boot open. That's cool, man. and we're just like, just anybody can take this. And take uh, we it. walked in, and they, they, it was cr- before Christmas, so they had like a Christmas setup, and they were going to put the trophies there so people could get a photo. Uh, and we walked in, and the people are just like, I don't think these people know what these are. I was going to ask you about this as well, John, because when you like, obviously, it's a little bit different for Mitch and I, given that we like we grew up with our NRL team and we sort of adopted our overseas teams. But like, mm-hmm. when you grow up in a city, like, do you? Does, does your level of caring for each of your respective teams, like, does it get dictated to you by how recently that team was successful? Like, do you want the Flyers to win a Stanley Cup now more than you want the Eagles to win a Super Bowl? Or do you still care more about the Eagles, if you get what I'm asking? Well, see, this is a hard question for me to ask because I do not like the Flyers. I'm not a, I'm not a hockey guy. Yeah. Um, and that's because I was a Sixers fan when I was a kid. Now, are they rivals? No, it's almost like Flyers fans have the AFL fan thing going right, on with the okay. NRL. Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, like Flyers, it's just, 
I'm okay. not a Flyers fan because I'm not a Flyers fan, if yeah. you understand well, what I'm I can, saying. I can rephrase the question then. Do you want the 76ers to win an NBA title more now than you want the Phillies or the Eagles to win because it's been the longest? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, it doesn't really matter. It's just like, keep winning. Somebody win something. I don't care. <laughs> Whoever it is, stem the tide. I would like, yes, the Sixers to win because they haven't won since 83. But, I mean, even if the Flyers won, I would be excited. But yeah. when I was a kid, being a Sixers fan where I grew up, which is just outside of Southwest Philly in a yeah. place called Delaware County, like, I used to cop a lot of slack from Flyers fans for being, you know, a Sixers fan. It was, yeah. And it's kind of a little bit along the racial lines. Yeah, it's is that, weird. Is that a common thing in all cities that have both of those teams or is that just a specific kind of Philly thing do you think no it's definitely a Philly thing Flyers fans are you know they're like to put it mildly they're just slobs like racist slobs really like honestly I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pull any punches like they are they're the type of dudes that wear like their good Flyers jersey to Christmas dinner you know what I mean don't knock that like um, (laughs) yeah I was gonna say so the Souths fans no no, the 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 maroon and gold diamonds gets Mitch through many a Christmas dinner it does well, it's that's Christmas themed. Except I mean, when he gets asked, hey, dad, what's that jersey when he goes to the Knights? Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, well, no, Souths do have Christmas colors now, so I can probably get away with that. Yeah, but, they um, do. It's seasonally appropriate, at least. It's, yeah. Absolutely. But it's just interesting uh, the fishing, to me that, The fishing like, shirt, not necessarily. I mean, I uh, wouldn't wear the fishing shirt. Yeah. My, my other, the fishing shirt is atrocious. Um, <laughs> how, how much is it? Because you mentioned that the 76 has happened once since 83. Flyers haven't won since the 70s. And obviously the Eagles had never won a Super Bowl before a couple of years ago and the Phillies, as you said, were diabolical. Yeah. Does it, does it get to the, like, because you, you know, you think about other cities, right? Like Chicago had the Cubs being terrible and they never won, but they also had the bulls and the bears who won multiple yeah. Super Bowls and they won you guys and Cleveland really were the two cities where like you guys had multiple professional teams. Like the Indians now have the biggest drought in of any baseball team after they yeah. lost to the Cubs. And of course, Cleveland, the Cavs didn't win until, LeBron came back and of course the Browns. So it's really just mm-hmm. Cleveland and Philly where it's like, you've got all of these teams and just none of them win. So did that ever like you, and that was basically your childhood as well. Does that, yeah, totally. how frustrating was that when you were supporting like three and three and a half teams, let's count the flyers, like, and yeah. none of them just ever won anything. Well, you like, as a kid, you just stop worrying about wins so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I used to go, my parents and I, we would go to Phillies games because we had season tickets. And in the late 80s, you just stop asking if the Phillies are going to win. Like, you're a dumbass kid. You don't know. Like, are the Phillies going to win the <laughs> World Series? They, you just you learn that they're going to lose. And so you, you kind of make the game about something else. Like, I remember, you know, being a kid. And it was before parents cared about their children because they would just let me walk around the stadium. And oh, the, wow. Philly, the Phillies played in Veterans Stadium, which was an 80,000-seat, like, concrete donut. Just terrible. And the far reaches of the stadium were called the 700 level. I don't know if you guys have ever heard anything about the 700 level. I, I do know what you're talking about, yes. Yeah, the, the 700 level is the top section of this huge concrete donut called Veterans Stadium. And it is pretty notorious for just being like a – a den of lawlessness and scum. <laughs> like, the 700 level has its own Wikipedia section. Yeah. No, it does. So, this, is, yeah. this, is where the, this is where the basically the Eagles get their bad rep from. It's like guys doing yep. elbow drops onto opposition fans in the 700 exactly. level. Exactly. <laughs> so you made, we took being losers 
<laughs> and we had we had a clubhouse for being hateful, spiteful losers. It was called the yep. 700 level. So all of our anger and frustration was taken out in this kind of like tough guy bravado. Yeah. And so like during Eagles games in the 700 level, I worked with a guy who had season tickets in the 700 level in 1980. He seen some shit. Yeah. So when the <laughs> Eagles lost the Super Bowl fucking in 1980 he was like john i was at a game once and a man who was wearing a giant's jacket had his jacket lit on fire while he was wearing it and i'm like and richard was he was he was on the spectrum like he had a touch of autism so i know he's not lying to me he's not making stuff up um and uh what else the first time i went up there yeah like i would just walk around so i walked up to the 700 level one night i was like nine years old and the first thing I do when I get up there is I smell this disgusting smell. I'm like, what is it? it smells it was like a merch uh, stand, actually. It was just back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <It> was, <laughs> um, no, but it was. It smelled like like dead seals in a garbage bag being burned or something. <laughs> that is a very specific description. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And you know, later in life, I would go to like punk shows in West Philadelphia, and someone I smelled that exact smell. And I was like, someone's like, that's, that's PCP. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> like I had this, like, I had this total mental flashback. I was like, <laughs> oh shit. That's exactly the smell I smell when I went up during the fuck that shitty Cardinals game. I was at that one year. Like, you know, like it's, you know, it's you like see. smelling mama's cooking for us yeah. people who had normal upbringings. You go, yeah, exactly. You smell <laughs> and went back. Yeah. Like, my <laughs> mom was, my mom was down in the, in the 300 level fighting yeah. some woman for a foul ball. There's a, <laughs> there, there's a quote, there's a quote on the wiki for veteran stadium. And it says, uh, Jeray Longman described the 700 level as having a reputation for hostile taunting, fighting, public urination and general strangeness. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, strangeness. <laughs> like, there's you could. I'm sure you could still find the videos of like, yeah, like woman blows man in the 700 <laughs> level. Like, I swear to God, like that shit happened. Because like, yeah. you you see a lot of stuff now about like Bills fans being the loosest fans, but like, no, as a Philly guy, way. yeah, no chance, no fucking chance. Yeah, Bills fans are they're fun. You know, they like to wrestle in the parking lot, do all that dumb shit. No yeah. fucking way. Like they would not stand a chance in Philadelphia, and that's not a diss. No, it's, I mean I'm not proud to say that my city and my fan base are like no, the most but it's violent just... and ignorant. But you know, well, it's, it's just like, a fact of life. You know, I I went to a I went to an NFL game as a road fan, but I would not do that shit in Philly. Like I Fuck just wouldn't no. be brave enough. I went to a we went to a Denver Baltimore at Denver game, and it was good. And people yeah. were generally quite respectful and nice. Well, yeah, but, uh, I mean they were probably also high out of their mind. But... Well, <laughs> yeah. look, it was yeah, actually yeah, it was, it was Denver, little, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't be brave enough to try that stuff in Philly. I don't think. Yeah. There's the seven. I mean, like there was, I used to go to Phillies and Sixers games all the time. There was a reason we didn't go to Eagles games. We would just watch them. I remember asking constantly when I was a kid, I'm like, what are we going to go to an Eagles game? Come on. And this was like the Randall Cunningham era. It was like so yep. sick. That team, those teams were amazing. Mm-hmm. But my dad's like, too much money, like grumbling and then when I started going to Eagles games myself, I was like, oh, there's no oh. fucking way in hell I'm bringing my kids to one of these games. <laughs> Do yeah. you, like, as a, and the, you're a kind of in a unique position of this, although, I mean, the, 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 the three of us have been to overseas sporting events, but, like, does it make you sad at all that, like, NRL games are just nowhere near as sort of, like, an event, if you like, as, a, as an Eagles game is? A little bit. Like, you know, tailgating is fun. That would be cool if that was an aspect of 
of NRL games, you know, because sometimes I would go to an Eagles game. I would show up at 8 in the morning. <laughs> and the I've, game is at 8 p.m., you know? I've, I've got – yeah, we've me, me and my wife have tailgated like a Ravens game, started drinking at like 9.30 a.m. in a car park before a 1 p.m. game. And it's the best thing in the world. And it just yeah. makes me so sad that it's not a thing here. Yeah, it's really fun. Like people show up with like ridiculous barbecue setups. They have TVs mounted to the side of their cars. You know, it's, it's a real carnival atmosphere. Um, but I mean, not really. I kind of like the fact that the NRL is a little more small scale. I do like that it's a little bit more community based. The whole like playing for your suburb thing is kind of mm. uh, is unique to Australia, I guess. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess you have a little bit of that in London. Yeah, but with the, yeah, true. You know, but it's definitely not an American thing. No, 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 like you, you don't have like the Brooklyn Bombers playing the Manhattan Magic. No. That's it's weird when you have two baseball teams, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, and they've tried to eliminate that as much as possible. And even but, then, like with those sports, it's kind of like with, I know with New York, it's kind of like usually the people who go for the Mets also go for the Jets, and yep. usually the people who go for the Giants also go for the Yankees. I know yeah. that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. Like you don't. I don't know. Like you could hang, you know, live in, if you live in Sydney, you hang up one of your team's flags, someone will walk by and be like, fuck this shit, you know, like, but that wouldn't happen in Philadelphia because it's a, every town, basically every town is a one yeah. town. But yeah. It's like the Broncos in Brisbane is my favorite comparison to American sports teams. Like when yeah, you yeah. walk down the street, there is Broncos banners and things hanging. Like, you know, Sydney has nothing like that with rugby no, league. Canberra yet. a little different as well, but smaller scale than yeah. in Brisbane. But yeah, when you go to an American sports stadium, like you, you go to American sports, you know you're, that NFL team is playing that day. Yeah, yep. You can't avoid that they're playing that day. Yeah, like well, growing up when the Eagles would play, like the city would shut down. Like everyone would either be at the game or in their house watching. Yeah, it's the same yeah. as, going to a Canada, as going to a hockey game in Canada. I went to a Canucks game and it was like get, when we caught the tram in or the light rail in, it was it was just people in Canucks jerseys. Yep. And then when we got there, the streets effectively same kind of thing just shut down. Apart from people in bars, people going home to watch the game, or people going to the ground to watch those to the yep. arena to watch the game. Same kind of thing. Like obviously, you know, Canadians love their hockey, but it's like the it's like nothing else is available to do yeah, at that it's, point. It's powerful, which is great. And especially when like a team in one of those cities wins. I mean. I've never experienced the Raiders winning a premiership, but I don't think that they are flipping cars in the middle of the, you know, I don't know if that, I, I don't know if that happens. I don't know if people are like, um, like I mean, in Philly, they had, to grease, they had to grease the, um, yeah, that grease the light poles. Well, yeah. me, me and my wife and I were in Chicago. We were there. Are you, when, are you married, Bunga? Yeah. Big wife guy. But, um, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> my wife. Um, so we, cool? were, no. we were there when um, <laughs> we were there when the Cubs were at Wrigley Field when the Cubs won the pennant before they got to the World Series. And yeah, people are just climbing up the traffic lights and just like sitting mm. on top of it. And yeah, it's just it's fucking mad. It's like and there's just like tens of it was it was incredible. And it's just like you know I was in Redfern after South won the Grand Final, and it's not even in the same postcode in terms of like the experience. Like, but how many people in Chicago got their dicks out of the park? Great point. Great <laughs> point. 
All that Cle- like all hey, there was that Cleveland fan that ate shit. Like he literally picked up. A- no, <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was a Philadelphia. Fan. Oh, it was. Yeah. Sorry, it was. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Respect the city, mate. Respect oh, the history. I was going to ask shit eater you- as me. Yeah. I was going to ask you, John, about that. Like, obviously, you didn't you didn't experience any yeah. championship wins when you grew up in Philly. But what are some of the worst experiences, the losses as a city you experienced there? Like, was there anything that city lost its goddamn mind yeah. over? Yeah, I mean, okay, well. Fucking 2002 when the Eagles lost the last game in Veterans Stadium. McNabb throws the pick. Mm. Rondé Barber takes it to the house. Eagles lose. Um, It was the NFC Championship game in 2002. And they would have been playing a totally hapless Oakland Raiders and just trounced them if they made the Super Bowl. It would have been the Eagles for a Super Bowl win. But that was, you know, it was supposed to be like an event. The last game... At Veterans Stadium, we're going to win, and then we're going to go to the Super Bowl, and then we're going to we're going to we're going to win. It's going to be great. And then McNabb did his thing, threw a pick, ended the game. I've like, I can't even remember a time when Philadelphia was that grim. Like it was like the Great Depression all over again. Like seriously, <laughs> and um, it was like the city. It took months for them to get over. Like people weren't even angry. They were just zombies. Yeah, and you know, then like, um, Tampa Bay absolutely smashed Oakland in that Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, destroyed. So like Cause, yeah, because Oakland were just totally hapless. Like, it was just a totally dysfunctional team. So, it was almost a given whoever. I think that had already been decided. I think Oakland had already won the AFC Championship game. Mm. So, it was just like, yep, whoever wins this, it's, it's on. This is it. Like, this is the Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, like, Philadelphia was just like a shell of itself. And then I remember in 2005 when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, it wasn't so bad because nobody really gave them a shot against the Patriots, but they were in it till the end. And McNabb again, throws another goddamn interception. Well, also Andy Reid's clock management. But... Yeah. Yeah. That, that don't get me started, but um, <laughs> I'm happy to see the big guy win one this year, but that's true. He's, he's driven me up a goddamn wall for 13 years <laughs> was it because like and i don't want to like it is interesting though that like the re- the eagles were basically the Parramatta eels of the N- nfl totally. for a while there like they yeah. would get they would look really good they'd be the preseason champs all the time they'd have all these amazing regular seasons and then it would all fall apart in the playoffs yep like some weird shit would happen you're right like um and like <sighs> even when they're not supposed to be good and they were good, they would still somehow revert to back to, back to being the Eagles, like figuring out how to lose. Like yeah. in 2009, the Phillies had won the World Series and then the Eagles somehow went on this dream run. They were a wild card team that made it to the, the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And they, had, they were like, it was right there. It was in their hands. And the defense just gave up. Yeah, like a billion points. Well, it's incredible because you guys, they made like five NFC championship games in 10 years, right? And they lost yeah. four of them. Yep. And that Super Bowl, McNabb did one of those things. It very rarely happens, but I still remember though in the, like the red zone, he threw an intercept yeah. and it was brought back, brought back for a foul, a foul play. And then he threw an intercept the next play. Uh, yeah, the like, next play. Yeah. Yeah. And gave them the ball. And then these other intercept you're talking about, that was also right down in their territory. Hey, like, yep. it's those, those two boneheaded plays, and that's yeah. pretty much it. And he even, the, even, even, even the touchdown he threw went through two pairs of Patriot hands. Yeah, to get to Westbrook. Yeah. yeah. It was insane. 
Was yeah, he like, a frustrating quarterback of your youth? Because he was obviously really – he was a great of the game, but he had these type can, of games. Can in you compare youth. Donovan yeah. McNabb to an NRL player? Uh, let's see. McNabb. Let's see. Long-storied. Kind of a good, I guess, a heralded career, but never could get it over. Uh, maybe like Nathan Hindmarsh, maybe? Ooh. Mm. I was going to say Jason Taylor. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Works. I mean, I, was I don't know. Say Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt wasn't good enough, but he's had the blow off, blow up yeah, some playoffs. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, and he did. He did give the ball to the opposition right down in their end zone. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drop it McNab- like it. Drop it like it was Matt McNabb would be a very different song though. Yeah. yeah. McNabb was like so infuriating for everyone. I remember I had a friend that became a Cardinals fan after the uh, the NFC Championship game that they lost to the Carolina Panthers. He uh, he put his head through a random car in the street's windshield. Mm. Like just it drove it drove him mad. Like he actually <laughs> punt. He like just dove his head right into a windshield. It's amazing. So so we have the, the the American version of uh, of Josh Whiten. <laughs> Uh, Josh Hodgson, rather. Josh Hodgson, yeah, yeah. Josh Hodgson, yeah. Go, just head Diving through the wall, yeah. Yeah. But he got his, how did he get his head through? Well, not through it. He, like, smashed his head yeah, into the windshield, the, yeah. cracked this hit. random oh, car's windshield, God. and walked on. And the next time I saw him, he was in, like, a, uh, I think he was in, like, a Pat Tillman jersey or something like that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, nev- I'm never sure if, if, if McNabb was, like, really great outside that. Was it 2004 or 2005 where he threw a lot of touchdowns? I don't know if it was that, if he was ever that good or was just the quarterback in a good team the whole time. Uh, well, I mean, the year that they went to the Super Bowl, they had T.O. You can't forget about yeah. that. I know that the, uh, yeah. the McNabb T- Terrell Owens feud was very public and everyone kind of turned on Terrell Owens. But, but mean, Owens is the fucking man. <laughs> he's the fucking man. I love T.O. I don't give a shit. If, if I'm on a team with Donovan McNabb, I'm going to hold him accountable. He fucking drove me nuts. Honestly, like even, I mean, I almost got killed because he fucking lost that Super Bowl. I remember the next day after the Super Bowl, Philadelphia had a strike. Um, SEPTA is the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transit Authority. It's like the public transportation. Mm. They went on strike like right before the Super Bowl. So everyone's already mad and they lose the Time Super to do Bowl. It. Yep. And I'm walking across the street. And I walk in front of a, like a tow truck driver. He pulls over and just chases me down the street, trying to like physically hurt me. <laughs> Why? This, this is the Monday after he's just so like wound up. Cause I gave him the finger. I'm like, that part. Okay. I did. I did conveniently leave that out. But I was like, but he tried to like, he drove past me a little too fast for my liking. And uh, you know, I gave him the bird pulls over. Luckily, he was about the size of Josh Papali and not very fast. But um, seriously, like that's that was the that was how the city coped with things. It was just like a powder keg. Yeah. You know, it's a violent, hostile, ignorant, dirty place. I love it, but that's just what it was. And you know, it's kind of nice living in Canberra right now. It's the exact opposite. It is very most much pe- so. Most people won't even look you in the eyes and they're talking to you. You know what I mean? I'm like, hello, <laughs> yeah. hi. You know, so, you know, it's clean. There's no litter anywhere. It's like, you know, there's not some junkie walking down the street shooting and, up with their baby. You know, it's like. You've lost your anger there, mate. You've lost that, that passion <laughs> to piss in <laughs> things in public. You've just lost right. that in camera. Well, I mean, you down. a few things have done that to me, but. Yeah. So um, I've got a question for you too. How many active bands are you in right now? Uh, I'm in one t- semi-active band. Uh, yeah. I'm, in, I'm still in Dark Blue, 
we're mm. you know it's hard to do the band living down here with you know the coronavirus stuff but you know last year we released a record i flew over to new york to play yeah it was no big deal you know i was going to do it again this year but um the coronavirus hit and the bushfires were happening and there was a bushfire like five or six k right behind my house so yeah i couldn't just like leave my family <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna which, yeah, which, end of, which end of town are you in i'm in camba so okay, south, yeah, 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 yeah. My dad's in Canberra as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And, ha- and yeah, how that's right, Dale, you grew you up here, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was um. Well, my f- oh, I've been in you know a fair bit. Are we talking Andy Dwyer mousetrap numbers off of uh, Parks and Rec? Are we talking <laughs> twenty bands? No, nothing <laughs> like that. Like a few bands. I only really count the bands that I lead as bands. I was yeah. in. Like I've played in bands. I played with people, but. Clock Cleaner was my first real band. That was the band where I kind of yeah. learned how to be a front man and write. I write all the songs for every band I'm in. Mm. So not out of egotism, just out of, it started out of just like sheer desperation because no one else could write songs. So I just had to do it. And then I got kind of good at it. But, um, so I did Clock Cleaner until I moved down here. Then I started another band down here that I brought back to Philadelphia called Puerto Rico flowers. That was kind of like a, that was more of like a synth pop project that I just wanted to see if I could do it. And it became kind of a band. Mm. And, um, and then after that, I started dark blue in 2013. And that's, that's kind of my current musical endeavor. But um, I actually just recorded my first solo record last week. So I just finished that. So that's going to oh, really? be that's going to be my new project that I'm focusing on. Yeah, and that is a little different. I mean, it's 17 tracks, one for each Raiders player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I I tweeted at the Raiders a couple of days ago when they're going to let me play um at halftime. They said when they uh when they have another home game at Campbelltown, assholes. <laughs> Close. Yeah, they're like, on they're the like upside, you your get, own fan base. I was going to say yeah. they're not dunking on you as much as they did Jack Cronin, which was. Oh my god, they totally. <laughs> like, he just got waylaid, man. Oh my god. <laughs> it it was a big throwback to uh, friends of the pod will remember when uh, friend of the show Frankie was dunked on by Sydney trains. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> complaining about people. Was it, was it people eating too loudly eating or the using train. eating yeah. on the train? Getting dunked on by public government departments. Oh. Ain't good for anybody. <laughs> I'm happy for my tax dollars to go towards making fun of my friends. <laughs> Dunking on people on Twitter. I'm yeah. all about it. Okay, so uh, any, any rugby league things going? What I'm trying to pitch here is there's four of us here willing. Yeah. <laughs> One of us has talent, but there's yep. four willing parties. We can, we can figure it out with some rugby league tracks. I mean, we can do it. Like I said, we could do that like... Uh... David Warner or Dave Warner yeah. happy hooker style record. I mean, I'm down yeah. to write some of that shit. Did you, can you explain that to us? Did you listen to it? Yeah, did I you? did. It's, it's really bad. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like a parody of other music, you know, like, like weird Al, but rugby league songs. Mm-hmm. Like one of them is a song about Gavin Miller who played for Canola. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, the song premise is that this uh, guy who's singing it, his girlfriend has passed away. She died, and she was reincarnated as Gavin Miller's shorts. Yeah, I don't know what more I could say about that. Yeah. 
So the the cover of the album it's called the Dark Side of the Scrum. The Pink yeah. Floyd art yeah. is incredible. The pink, yeah. Yeah. It's so good, yeah. With the footy bouncing off the triangle there, yeah. and then the the track list is when the whistle blows at Brookvale, Ballad of Mario, The Love Thug, The Last Bears Fan, Gavin Miller's Short, as you said, yeah. Sterlo Rock, <laughs> what the fuck, Little Pissed Roosters. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one too. That doesn't really make any sense. Uh, the Raiders Train. I mean, there's so many better names to call a song about the Raiders and the Raiders no, Train. But it's also, there. I implore all of you to listen to the Raiders Train. Like maybe the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> then, it's, it's like I don't even I don't even know what the hell it is. Uh, and then uh, the side two. I I want to see Wally play. There we go. Yeah. Average down Colgroway. Uh, single hope. Tungsy is not a dirty dog. House of Masterton, Brown Sleeves, Illawarra Guys. <laughs> and the last name of this song yeah, is the exactly. longest name ever. They're obviously playing a pun on Knights, Newcastle Knights. Yeah. That's just that. This they is, just gave up. He's just like, fuck, yeah. who's left? So they've, done, they've yeah. done one song for every team. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, Can you explain <laughs> the Ballad of Mario to me, please? <laughs> the Ballad of Mario, I, that's one of my favorite tracks on it. It's super. Uh, it's like, you know, it sounds like uh, Mario Lanza or something, or like Asshole Amia. You know, it's totally like borderline racist Italian music. Oh my God, <laughs> you know? he's not even Italian. He's not. I know. Yeah, he's Mario, from, but he's, he's Maltese, Maltese, isn't he? Yes, he's Maltese. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. This yeah. is so bad, and it, like, so I, the Falcon look at comes him. from. And like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the loved thug is about Wayne Pierce, and uh, it's, hmm. it's one of the the hook in that song, slightly homophobic, is uh, his name is Pierce. But hidden, but not his ears. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, this dude. I mean, he wrote this shit in his sleep. You know, he had he had like five song title names, and then he just had to fill out. He decided to do one yep. for every team, and then he got down to yeah, um, Illawarra guys and the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, so they just, just ran just out quit. of uh, Fuck <laughs> it. What's this last <laughs> team? Newcastle Knights. That's the name of the song. <laughs> That's it. Right, Regardless, sure. I think in in the future we need to do some sort of listen along to this record because. Seems like it's. Well, a, well, I mean, we've done we've done watch, seminal, watch parties. A, a seminal piece of rugby league pop culture. Yeah, I would it. love to do that. Yeah, we can dissect every song. Honestly, I mean, we, 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 we might really, do that as a we might do that as a Patreon special. I think we jump rug, on rugby and we, league genius. Review, we'll take the genius logo. Every put a put a and I've already obviously already yeah. given the, the Patreons a shout out this episode. But yes, if you want to get on board and for future content such as that or or Mitch's epic uh, New Zealand Warriors rant from the other day, um, and plenty oh more. God. It's on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's on there. It's got like sub 100 listens too. Well, we're about, to, yeah. we're about to bump that right up. Let me tell you. <laughs> Newcastle Knights is the second most listened track. So I'm assuming that's because people have just wrote their team's I mean, name. Yeah. Into yeah. So, yeah, in fairness. <laughs> totally. I mean, Newcastle is a city well known for its musical output. So, so people, people. 14 monthly listens. So once a month, someone listens to the entire album and then. <laughs> that makes me happy. It's hey, definitely, look, they're, they're rating alongside NRL Boom rookies, so good for how, them. How many of the listens are either Steve Mascord or Nick Captain? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Um, so on the music, on rugby league music, though, Shark, like, yeah. what in your opinion has been the best uh, rugby league music campaign in the time you? Oh, we can. I mean, if you've seen some of the ones from before your time, that's fine too. But like, in your opinion, what's been the best one? You mean like? Uh, like had Tina Turner, yeah, yeah, like, like the Tina Turner, Huda Gurus, like that's uh, that's, that's my team. I don't know. I mean, I don't really have. I guess I can't speak from too much experience because I didn't really grow up here. Mm. But 
I mean, it is a pretty big deal that Tina Turner did the was like the face of the league when and she not was. only that when Brisbane won the grand final that year she's there like hugging Alfie Langer at full yeah. time like, like what's it's the, incredible that's fucking insane like Tina Turner's like still that was at the height of her powers too. that's almost that's yeah. almost worth a deep dive podcast about it Alfie Langer and Tina Turner hanging out at the NRL grand yeah, final I didn't right. understand as a child how big of an artist she was because she was no, just yeah, she was just like she did the NRL song to me she's just that lady from yeah. the NRL song yeah, like, like, older, Chris, like, it, oh it, yeah Christina news here every year what's the big deal <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Tina Turner she's just that rugby league song person isn't she I mean well yeah. Mitch is a Broncos fan so he's yeah. he is well, confused oh, she was, no, no 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 no, she was the least famous person in that in that photo to me. It was Alfie and then that yeah. girl who did the song. Did she did she not give did she not award the trophy that year? It might yeah, have been I what was so. it, ninety two, ninety three? She must she must have awarded the trophy that year. I have a feeling yeah. that's that's my mental the Winfield it, was, Cup, it was like when it was like when Diana Ross played at USO ninety four, like and kicked that ball through the goals that exploded. Like that was the NRL equivalent of Tina Turner playing at the game presenting at the grand final. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I mean, you say, like that was what, and and they like it's the thirtieth anniversary, twenty fifth anniversary of that this year. Mm. That's what the whole. What a photo! Yeah, but Mitch if, is just reminiscing about Alfie. Man. Sorry, but if if you ask me though, it's like there's I didn't like that's my team that much, but it it stuck. Like yeah. I think the mm. two best in my lifetime are the yeah, Tina Turner and then that's my team because that's my team. It stuck, and still now I can hear the stupid things that. That's my team. Yeah. Who, and they, who, do you remember, the, do you remember did, they did the Chumbawamba one as well? Yeah. Chucky. Do you yeah, remember yeah. the Chumbawamba one? Yes. As well? That was, that was all right. Then they who, did the... Who sung Friday Night's a Great Night for Football? Because that's oh, also... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Barnsley, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I won't hear a bad word about Barnsley. But yeah, so who do gurus did What's My Scene is That's My Team. And that was like the one of my, my youth. Well, teenage years, and that one went pretty well. Yeah, that's quite love the Hoodoo Gurus. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting though. Like the they they don't really treat the NRL Grand Final gig as the, it's nowhere near sort of the same reverence as a Super Bowl halftime show, is it? No, the Super Bowl halftime is like that's almost more talked about than the game. It definitely is in things that are not sports related. Yeah, like the well, stupid I commercials. Mean, the number of people who could tell you the Janet Jackson thing is in the billions, probably, and they yeah. almost all of them couldn't even tell you who played in the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that Janet Jackson sh- thing, sure as a young fella, as a young fella, I obviously I was at the at school when it was played, so I used to tape the Super Bowls. Man, that part of that tape is blurred over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rewound, pause, zoom into the camera. Can, yeah. can I see what's going on here? Like, it's there, yeah, but didn't really like like the game that much, but did watch that about fifteen hundred times as a young fella. I'll bet. And that turned, coined the phrase wardrobe malfunction, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. That was the first yeah. time they used it, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Well, that got, her, that got her like blacklisted from, from everything, from the entertainment yeah. business. Um, yeah. what, was the, what was the halftime show when the Eagles won? Uh, you know, when, I, the, when the Ravens won, it was Destiny's Child. I, I can tell you a little bit about. I don't remember much about the Super Bowl, honestly, because I spent most of it outside pacing Ooh. around. Mm. It was bad. I've looked it, 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 looked it up. It's a good, it was a good halftime show. Let me see if I can remember. It was, it was a bad night for me because I spent, I used to keep like emergency cigarettes on hand and I spent <laughs> most of the time pacing and watching the game through the windows of other people's houses. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. I was that keyed up. I was like outside smoke, like chain smoking. 
And like, there was a Super Bowl party at my house, but I was like this lunatic asshole peering into people's windows. Uh, let me see <laughs> who, who can remember. Dale has it up. Who was it though? What was it? it was, I can't. I it was Justin Timberlake. Oh, I yeah, it was. Yep. He makes terrible music now too, by the way. JT. And it was because that because that game was at uh, Minneapolis, the new Minneapolis. Stadium. Yeah. He played the uh, Prince cover. Uh, right. So it's just after Prince passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. And that's Super Bowl, by the way. That everyone remembers Janet Jackson from that Super Bowl was twenty nine all with under a minute to go. That was the and no one that remembers was the, that shit. But that was the <laughs> Vinatieri Vin- 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 field goal against Carolina, yep. right? It was. Yeah, yeah. But that was it. Yeah. If you Google that Super Bowl, the most the first like five images of yeah. Janet Jackson holding. Of course a they are. Of course <laughs> like, they are. The Patriots also played that night and won something. But yeah, how would a Raiders premiership compare for you to a to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? I mean, it probably wouldn't feel like such an emotional weight off my chest, but it would rank pretty high. Like honestly, if the Phillies won the World Series again, I probably wouldn't care too much. Uh, the Sixers would be really nice to see. Like I told you about the Flyers, I don't give a shit. But yeah, I st- I tell everyone that the Raiders are my number one passion at the moment. I mean, it's just yeah. easy living here. So it's probably, it would be on par with the Eagles winning. Have, have you tried to sort of explain this to your friends back home? And do, do any of them get it? I do, but they live in Philadelphia. Like, they're just so saturated with other things. They have no time. Like, oh, yeah, okay. That sounds great. Cool, sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. They have a, oh, they play with a ball too. Great. Wow. You know, it's like you try to explain it to people in America. So it's all laterals. You're telling yeah. me. Yeah, what? <laughs> so it's like every. Every so how do you sh- go forward? Yeah. So it's like every <laughs> shitty fourth quarter, like desperation play. That's the whole game. So, and uh, so how how many times have you been yelled at in your time calling? Because you probably did you call it rugby when you first got here? Uh, you get yeah, yelled at. It's rugby I, league, like for like yeah. five years. Well, you know, I got I got sat down by one of my wife's friends real early. <laughs> of and, course you did. Yeah, they they made it a point to let me know not to call it rugby idiots you know um yeah. how, how easy it's been for you too by the way to to support the raiders because of that tight-knit like community and fan base they have like has that really helped you stay passionate about the raiders or grow your passion because it does feel like you know that raiders community is one of the unique ones in rugby league and you are a bit mm. of a part of that with some of the fellow guys on twitter too yeah it's definitely like something i kind of crave for like i said in america you don't really have that close-knit feeling of community or family with eagles fans because there's a million eagles fans, like literally mm. probably five million eagles fans in the philadelphia area you know and that counts for like south jersey and then like everyone who else is an eagles fan around the country it's like you can't really connect with people on a base level mm. but you go to a raiders game sometimes there's eight thousand people there if it's really cold and it's miserable you know i mean before COVID-19 and the restrictions sometimes yeah there's like nobody at those games but you know that everyone that is there is I mean they're the diehards and it's, and I'm sure- yeah, it's one of those things that's, it's the same when you go to Brums games like because the Brumbies have always had that like the yellow members hat so like whenever you sit at the ground you can always see those people because they're all everybody in a yellow hat is a member it's the same kind of thing with when you go to Raiders games and you get that membership hat Yep. For the year, everybody wears the members' hat. So all the the beanie with the Viking horns on it. Yep. Yeah. Everybody like that wears that. them. It's a sea of people, and everyone that's there. So on those like shitty minus four at kickoff games in the middle of August, where it's teeming with rain, or it's like it's gonna snow that night. 
you, when you go there and you go to those games and you just see everybody, like, you know that you're on the same level as all of those other people. Totally. And yeah. Like, you may, you may not know everyone there, but you'll, know, you'll be like, you'll see someone from work or you see someone who, you know, who you see down the pub every week or, you know, see Blah's fiance there who you know through someone. So, like, it's, it is, as you say, it's, it's unlike a lot of American um, major sports specifically. But, yeah, definitely much more tight-knit than than the NFL. Yeah. At least in my experience. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling and it's, I feel kind of lucky that I, I locked into being a Raiders fan. I know that sounds kind of corny, but you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. It's a cool community. It's like, I've met a lot of friends through it. I mean, it kind of got me through living in Canberra originally, you know, it was Mm -hmm. the thing that I could glom onto. I didn't really know anyone involved in music here. And now the people that I do know involved in music here, I'm going to Canberra Raiders games with them. You know, mm. I'm going to those games. So, which is funny because, like, back when I was growing up there, Canberra used to have a really big hardcore scene. Yeah, and but it seems like probably back then they weren't going to Raiders games because my no. wife describes it being really jocular and kind of um, not a great vibe, especially no. for people into alternative things. Yeah, so. I mean, back back then it was like there was one there was one club in Woden called I think the Green Room. Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure is still there, but we used to walk past the green room on the way into get the bus home from school. And like, you'd be like, Oh, that's a green room. And like people, the older boys from school would go there like to go see a show or go with the older brothers, but it wasn't like something that everybody would do. But the, the, the music scene, the, especially the alternative music scene in Canberra was very, was very tight knit. Whereas the Raiders was kind of like, uh, everybody would follow the Raiders when they were doing well. When, when I was growing up, they weren't doing so well, but then everybody would follow the Brumbies. But like the music scene was very not insular is the wrong word, but um, introverted, I think would be the easier way to put it. Yeah. Yep. That's a great way to put it. But now it seems like, you know, I go to shows in, well, I used to go to shows in Canberra and you would see a Raiders Jersey pop up Mm. in the crowd where as maybe like 10 years before that, it would just be un unheard of. Yeah. Very, very, that's a good, good way to put it, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool, you know. It's a, it's a great, it's a great place to live, and the Canberra Raiders are a kick-ass team. It's cool. Yeah, uh, and thanks to uh, Canberra Tourism for sponsoring these shows, and if they would like <laughs> to sling some dollars our way, please yeah. feel free. Also, uh, Philadelphia Tourism as well. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. A, much, a much bigger and <laughs> much Dallas is a great place to go if you want to get pissed on or, yeah, or fucking <laughs> chased the down the street or set on, or yeah. set on fire set on for fire. supporting yeah. the other team. Yeah. 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 Uh, if those are your kinks, please get in touch with uh, fillertourism.com. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the city of brotherly love, it is only for Eagles fans. That's yes. True. Yes. Yes. It's like uh, outsiders. You're not going <laughs> to Hippie, you're hippie not, dragons. You're not going <laughs> to like feel it. much love. I'll bet. Um, and that brings us to the end of another episode of NRU Boom Rookies. Um, Shark, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate your insights and a very unique rugby league story that, you know, and as I said, it is quite comical to hear someone in a very thick American accent yelling, get him on side. Yeah, get him on side. Do you, do you get looked at if you yell in an American accent in the games, by the way? A hundred percent. Like 100% I've gotten like, what They've the been fuck? doing like, it all day, ref. Yeah, excuse <laughs> me, get off, get off him. He's not a couch. No. <laughs> That was my favorite shit I ever heard in my life. The first game I went to a Canberra stadium was the, uh, I think it was uh, Broncos and, and the Raiders. It was the second game of the season, 2010. And I'm just like, all I heard all night 
Get off me, is that a couch? Get off me, is that a oh, couch? Like, I've genuinely never heard that before. You've never heard that? Oh, my God. It was, like, that. it was an entire section of people saying, get off me, is that a couch? I what love a, it. Was it Josh McCrone's family? No, it was <laughs> not. No. <laughs> Dave's stepmom, he didn't tell you about that part. Um, oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> wow. Just kidding. No. All right. And on that note, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks everyone for listening once again. And thank you, Shark, for coming on once again. To, uh, um, Listen out for his album whenever it drops. Whenever Follow it drops. Follow him on Twitter. Oh, don't and, worry. I'll, um, I'll you guys on Yeah, so if anyone wants to uh, listen along with us to Dave Warner and the Chip and Chasers, or what, what was that album called? Dave Warner and the Happy Hookers, I think. <laughs> the Dark Side <laughs> of the Scrum. The yeah, dark, dark Side of the Scrum. Yeah, Dark Side of the Scrum. Dave Warner. It's on, it's on Spotify if you want to jam it. Sub 100 yeah, plays. Give that, we'll, some, give that guy some more, uh, you know, percents of a penny per listen. I, I think some uh, a Patreon listen-along party in the future is definitely going to happen. But for now, it's goodbye. So uh, say goodbye, Shark. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, goodbye. I'd like to give a shout-out to my, uh, all my Canberra Raider Twitter homies like, uh, like Bones and Dave, my beloved Dave, and uh, Nick Hampton, too. I haven't seen him in a while. But, uh, you know... You guys have you guys have a reckoning with with Campo, so you can handle that all on your own. <laughs> yeah, just sure. Uh, and say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye. And say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.